Hey everybody, I'm your host and life coach, Kim Gross, and this is the Masks Off Podcast. In this podcast, I'm helping parents and teachers of teenagers and young adults to explore and understand the masks we often wear because of people-pleasing and perfectionistic tendencies so that they can guide their children and students in removing the masks and honoring their true selves. Each week we dive into how to go from a people-pleasing and perfectionistic prison to freedom, empowerment, and showing up fully in the world. You will hear about my personal experiences and wisdom, as well as from my knowledgeable guests. If you're ready to remove your masks and to help your children and students to do the same, drop into this week's episode. Welcome everybody to another episode of Masks Off. I'm Kim Gross and today I have Abby Levine with me. I'm so excited. I just met her mm, a couple months ago now, two months ago, and I have no doubt, no doubt that this is going to be a great conversation. I'm sure. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. And, but before we do dive in, I'm going to share the quote that Abby shared with me. That is one of your favorites. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And of course, um, some of you may know it, but for those of you who don't, it is by Marianne Williamson. And the quote is our greatest fear is not that we are inadequate, Our greatest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. Goosebumps when I read that. I know, right? And before you introduce yourself, I just have to say, just have to ask, Why do you think, and we can talk about this more, but why do you think this quote, why do you think it is so hard for people to own their light? Why is it so hard for us to own our light? (laughs) So I have a whole theory about that. (laughs) And you know what? Honestly, you choose. You can introduce yourself first or answer that question. No, let's dive into that question and then we'll circle back and I'll introduce myself later. Okay, (laughs) let's do that. (laughs) No, um, it's because we have been groomed and I'm not talking about um, since birth. I'm talking about for tens of thousands of years, we have been groomed that to show your light is dangerous. Um, So there was the witch trials where ordinary joyful women were, you know, burned at the stake um, or people who had an opinion were murdered. Um, like we have a long dark history with, with being allowed to shine our light and actually get out with our life. Um, Mm. and sometimes you still hear about it. Thank goodness. It's not as prevalent or acceptable as it was, uh, hundreds of years ago, not even hundreds, decades ago. Right. Um, but sometimes you still hear about it. Someone who starts doing well and then gets you know, mysteriously killed off by some kind of someone. And so there's, there's so much fear around um, shining your light. 
not only that, but so that's like, what will happen to me if, right? Mm -hmm. What will happen to me if I fully express my light? And then there's also the, um, I'll get kicked out of my tribe. And that those are both survival mechanisms, right? Because if you got kicked out of your tribe back in the olden days, you would die. You would have no food. You would have no protection. You would get killed by an animal or a warring tribe. Like you would die. So you need your tribe biologically, according to our DNA, we need our tribe for survival and we need to not stick out because then we're easily picked off. Like these are DNA functions. And then um, beyond that, it's, what am I taking away from the person that I love by shining? Right? Mm. Like who is being triggered by me by shining? Who is feeling smaller than me when I shine? And anybody who is a kind person, a kind being doesn't want to create negative feelings um, in someone else. Right. And we take responsibility for other people's feelings. And so it feels like it's our fault. So those are my my predominant theories about why it's so hard <laughs> for us to let our light out. Oh, I love that. I love, love, love that response. And the last one, for sure, when you said it, I remember when I was in middle school and high school feeling that very way. Like mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, I got good grades and some of my friends didn't get the grades that I got and they're like, Oh, you're so smart. And like, Oh my God, look at your report card. And I would just play it down, you know, because I didn't, but that is also like a hallmark characteristic trait of the people pleaser. And it's a codependent behavior to take care of (laughs) responsibility (laughs) for someone else's feelings. feelings. Yes. Totally. Yes. And now we live in a codependent society. Like we live in a society that celebrates codependence and shuns independence or interdependence, right? Shuns and shames. How dare you, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. God, I love that. Okay. So now tell us who you are. (laughs) (laughs) Who are you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm Abby. Um, I call myself a money mindset and manifestation coach. So I work in the sweet spot between science and magic. I'm super sciencey. Like I started studying the brain when I was like 11 years old because it was just so fascinating to me. And I would just do like unassigned projects. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> No, I've always been a nerd. It's true. I would just, yeah, I would just do like unassigned projects on like how interesting the brain is or behavior and things like that. So I've always loved neuroscience and the brain and it just gets more and more fascinating the more we discover about it. And then I've always also been kind of magical, right? Like I started believing in angels when I was 13 years old because they started talking to me. My Mm. first experience with an angel was when I was five years old. An angel came to comfort me um, uh, during the night because of some really scary stuff that was happening in in my house. Um, So I've always been connected with the other side of the veil. And Mm. then as I reconnected with angels, I am an angel communicator. So as I reconnected with angels a few years ago, like just my powers and my ability to tap into other world magic has just increased exponentially. So that's kind of like why I play both sides. Cause I've really truly believe that you can't be a successful, consistent manifesto unless you deal with your brain and you can't just 
work on the 3D plane because you're missing so many miracles that are possible, like just outside of your awareness. So I really so am behind like merging the two. Ah, that's so beautiful. This is, yes, of course, of course. So this is masks off where we take off our masks and we are vulnerable and show up real and raw. Are you ready to take off yours? Let's do it. (laughs) Okay. Take off, (laughs) taking off the masks. So, okay. Tell me then what would you say Mm -hmm. were, or was the main masks that you have worn in the past or may still struggle with today in terms of, is it people pleasing? Is it perfectionism, rescuing, caretaking, Mm -hmm. any, any Mm -hmm. of those masks? Mm -hmm. All of those masks. (laughs) Every single one that you just mentioned. Tell me, tell me, Abby. And more. And more. (laughs) So when I first started working on my codependence um, a year ago, Oh, it was actually like really harrowing. Like it was really heartbreaking for me to have been working on myself for 10 years already. Mm-hmm. And then only just find out that I was really deeply codependent like 18 months ago. Mm-hmm. That was really heartbreaking. But at the same time, like I was glad to see it because I know that that was essentially what was at the crux of like my abominable relationship history. Mm-hmm. Um So, you know, I went down the the list of codependent traits and I had every single one of them, you know, it's control, it's issues with control. It's not being able to surrender. It's trying to control everybody around you and the outcomes and then Mm -hmm. getting upset when people don't do things the way that you think that they should be done, because it's just easier for everybody and much less painful if everybody just does things the way that you do them. Right. So control was like my number, number one, um, my fear of how people perceived me and my Mm. fear of like how I affected people like really went into the amalgam that I created. And one of the things that I've always prided myself in is consistently getting down to like the most truthful version of me. So I've tried and that was my Mm -hmm. problem. The most recent mask I just removed at a training a couple of weeks ago was my, um, my trying to be authentic. I've spent years and just exhausted myself trying, trying, trying to be authentic. Um, And I realized at at this training that it was actually covering um, my fear of unworthiness, like Mm -hmm. my deep fear that I wasn't worthy or deserving of anything that I have in my life. No love, Um, like (laughs) some of my relationship choices have just been (sighs) because Mm. (laughs) because Mm -hmm. like I just didn't even believe that I deserved any kind of love so like if someone came out of what's a nice way to say this the trash can and was like I'll love you I was like oh my gosh you will and I wasn't able to perceive like my value I wasn't able to perceive what I have to offer to the world I wasn't able to perceive that there was a different level of reciprocity that it was all me giving and like receiving like just teeniest 
tidbits, dregs. Like one of my ex-boyfriends, I had spent, I spent thousands of dollars on his birthday. I spent thousands of dollars. When I'm talking about thousands, like I spent $2,000 on his, $2,500 on his birthday present alone. And then we did a whole celebration and stuff like that. And then his kids, I spent, you know, $1,000 on each of their birthday presents. Plus I got more birthday presents. And then we had a whole big party and we flew people in. And um, and then it came to Christmas and, and he was like, well, you've already spent so much money. So let's just not buy each other presents. And at first I was like, okay. Oh no. <laughs> okay, that's fine. And then I thought about it and I was like, you know, after, and I was doing everything. I was paying for everything. Him and his mm. kids were living in my house. And, um, and I was literally paying for all the bills, all the groceries. Like I was just paying for everything. And, um, and I was like, you know, I think that that might create some resentment. Do you mind just buying me like a $20 gift? And here's a list of things that I would love to receive. You could just pick one of these things. Yeah. And he like flipped out. Yeah. He was like, you bait and switch me. Da-da. So this is just like an example of one of the um, things that I hid behind, right? It's like, so my unworthiness was so low that I was in a state of proving my authenticity so that no one would actually see. And this was all unconscious. I didn't even right. realize I was doing this. Yeah. Right. That no one would actually see how unworthy I was for what I've created. Oh, God, I am just like, first of all, thank you so much for going that deep and that vulnerable because that's so hard, right? That's so hard to own and take responsibility and be able to share that and speak up and say, this is how I this is how I acted, or this is what I did because at the root of it, I felt unworthy. So many of us don't want to really a admit it to ourselves, but then B say it to the world. So like, (laughs) thank you so much for sharing that because I feel like people will hear that Mm -hmm. and say, Oh, it feels so good to hear her say that because me too. Yeah. Right. I've been there. I've done yeah. that. Or I've done things to hustle yep. for other people's love to hustle, hustle, right. Prove, earn. Yeah. Absolutely. And that also is part of people pleasing, right. And perfecting, which is yeah. especially people pleasing. Let me say and do whatever you want mm-hmm. me to say and do. Let me camouflage regardless, regardless. of the outcome of how it affects me. Exactly. Exactly. And so like what I have found throughout my life as a people pleaser Mm -hmm. is that because I wasn't being true to me and I wasn't taking care of me, what did I think? What did I feel? What did I need? What did I desire that I was showing up half heartedly in these relationships, even with my kids, right? especially with my kids, because as a mom, I was always trying to please. Right. It was. Hey friends. I didn't mean to leave you hanging. We'll get back to the show in a moment. Are you wondering whether you're a people pleaser or a perfectionist, or maybe you're thinking to yourself, Kim, of course I know I am one, but I'm not sure all the ways that these patterns show up. Well, you can take my people pleaser perfectionist quiz 
on my website at kimgrosscoaching.com and find out the answers. And if nothing else, the quiz is really fun to do. Now let's get back to business. Always trying to perfect and perform and rest and do everything and be the perfect mom and whatever they needed. Yeah. And what I taught them was how to not show up authentically, how to not show up fully. Right. So, I mean, and again, you just said you didn't even know because what we don't know, we don't know what's beneath the level or layer of consciousness is beneath the layer and level of consciousness until it's in our awareness. We don't know. So I didn't know either what I was doing with my kids. We're not like sadists not going around (laughs) going, I deserve to be punished here. Here's a whip whip me. Like we're not, (laughs) we we are not doing that. We have absolutely no idea. And that's why we say like, you know, you hear so many people that these days will say when they talk about their parents and I say it too, like my parents just did the best they could. They didn't know any differently. They didn't know any better, nor did I know any differently when my kids were younger either. So, and you can hold us, sorry, you can hold space for my parents did the best that they could and it wasn't good enough. I needed more from them. Like you can hold both of those things within the same body and it doesn't have to be a shaming, blaming thing. No, it doesn't have to be a lack of self-responsibility thing. Like you can witness that you needed them to show up differently or it's a truth. It's a truth. It's a truth, right? right? It's it's a truth for me. That was my truth. And it's the truth for many people. And I know that even for my kids, it's a truth that, you know, they know I love them, but they also know that I didn't always show up in the way that they needed me to. And and that's okay. And it's, again, it's not about self-deprecating. It's about taking Mm -hmm. ownership and knowing, okay, that's what it was now, but now I can do better. So you have a 16 year old. Yeah. And how does, or do you see where she may be? Is it she or he? She. She. Where she may be having a tendency to put on some masks and show up. And and, and again, let's just say again, I say it over and over again, but I want to clarify that when we wear a mask, whether it's Mm -hmm. people pleasing or perfectionism or caretaking, rescuing, all of it is in a way to protect ourselves. We, right. We adopted that when we were young as a way of coping with what was happening in our world. So we did it for protection. It's our ego saying, I need to protect you, but now we're adults. We don't need that anymore, which is why we try to unmask and un and recover from these patterns. Mm -hmm. You have a 16 year old. So tell me about Tell me about that with her. Does she, is she putting on masks and how do you help her if so? So it's interesting because when you ask that question, initially my first response would be no. Um, Because it's one of the things that I just admire so much about her is that she shows up as herself. But as you were talking through that, I realized with me, Mm. no. With me, no. With me, yeah. she shows up as she is um, because she knows that she's safe too, because there's no judgment, because right. she can do no wrong, you know, like, <laughs> but um, but in other scenarios, yeah, like with her friends, mm. she has a people-pleasing mask. Absolutely. She will 100% 
hide her experiences or her own feelings in order to make sure that everybody around her feels comfortable with her, um, with her dad's side of the family. They're absolutely not okay in any way, shape or form. Um, many of her relatives love her fiercely, but like specifically in her dad's household, her mask is just, it just hides her whole personality mm. um, because the moment that a, a little bit of her personality comes out, there's a diagnosis, there's a shaming, there's a blaming, there's a, um, what's wrong with you? Why are you like this? I don't understand you. So she's not safe to be herself. Um, like in her dad's home. Um, so yeah, absolutely. She's mastered mm -hmm. having a, a mask that covers just her entire personality. She just shows up. She just uh, does what she's told. Um, and in fact, she stopped going there, you know, a couple of years ago because it was just so painful for her yeah. to not even be allowed to have like her own personality, let alone an opinion, heaven forbid, you know? So um, yeah, so in different scenarios, she wears different masks. Yeah. And are you able to like talk with her about that and call it out? And does she understand that she's in certain situations, not showing up as her true self? We can talk openly in some arenas, but when it comes mm. to her friends, nope. She is yeah. wildly protective of those mm. relationships and has zero interest for any kind of feedback at all. Yeah. And I'll ask her, are you open to feedback? And she'll say, no, I'm not really. Mm. And I'm like, okay, that's super fair. Like, I'm totally going to honor and respect that. Um, yeah. I have some opinions about some of these relationships. And if you're open, I'm available to have a conversation. I'm certainly not going to force feed her uh, yeah. my feedback if she's not open to it. Cause they won't take it anyway. She won't take yeah. it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Why, why do, why, why take us both into that? Um, on like that place, there's yeah. no, like there's literally no positive outcome from it. It would just be me trying to be right. Um, and I don't have a, a stake in that. Like, I don't need to be right. Like this is her yeah. journey. So, um, it's going to unfold in the way that it's going to. Yeah, absolutely. And the best thing that we can do in those situations is to just model it. Right. So like for me, I, my kids are 23 and 20 and mm, you know, they can so grown up. They are so grown up. <laughs> they really are. They really uh, are. But I do, well, you know, for one thing, they have both listened a little bit to the podcast. So they know. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. So that's cool. They know a little bit about, um, what I talk about and I talk about it with them as well. And so just modeling that when I'm showing up when my, the perfectionism is showing up in me or the people pleasing is showing up in me, I call it out or they call me out. They're like, mom, you're doing blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, mm. okay. Yeah. So mm -hmm. we have the conversations in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes I can with my daughter, she's 20, she's in college and I, we can openly because she's open to it. Talk about perfectionism rearing its head in her life and how sure. it does, you know? So sure. Um, yeah. it, it is just about having those conversations and, and trying to just bring some awareness to them because at the end of the day, you just said it like she doesn't feel or didn't feel when she was at her dad's that she could be her true self and the right. suffering that that causes for any of us when we cannot be our true, authentic, sovereign self it leads to, can lead to 
anxiety, depression, eating disorders, mm-hmm. a lack number, of connection, lack of connection, lack yeah. of connect. And then when we have that lack of connection, because we're wired for it, we feel separate and alone. And then yeah. that just keeps the cycle going Absolutely. of the anxiety, the depression, yeah. addictions, and, yep. you know, unhealthy relationships and like, Absolutely. and going back full circle to what you said in, in the beginning about the boyfriends spending all the money and just having these unfulfilling relationships, one-sided unfulfilling. And so that's not a fun place to be. Mm. So that's why being aware of our patterns and learning how to go inward and do the inner work to heal, to heal those wounds so that we can Little by little, for me, it was a slow, gradual process. It wasn't like a overnight Mm -hmm. and I still work on it. My patterns can still show up. Yeah. Like I, like I mentioned, I was just at that training and that's, it's so fascinating because that training was exactly what you're speaking to. And I highly recommend it. I think you would fucking love it. Okay. Um, But I'll, I'll, if you want information, I'll send it to you, but that's exactly what it is. It's like, I mean, it's stage one is recognize what your mosques are. Yep. Stage two is deconstruct them. Stage three (laughs) is activate your true self. Stage four is be, be able to hold both in balance because all parts of you are okay. The mosques are okay. And it's just important to notice when they show up so that you can have choices, right? It's when they hijack you and you don't know to know that they're there, that you don't have any choices. You're just like, running old programs so um like yeah it's like so fascinating what can happen but as but like as you're saying that like even though I deconstructed some like major freaking stuff I'm noticing more like not not the ones we deconstructed but now I'm noticing the other ones and I'm like okay we'll have some new tools how do I, you're okay, but I don't want you to run the show and let's go ahead and move you to the side. And I'm going to still be my authentic self. Cause that was one of the things it was like, there was no trying to be your authentic self. You just be <laughs> it or you don't be it right yeah. Yeah. in the trying. You're still creating a separation. You're, the trying yes. to be my authentic self was my most recent mosque that I deconstructed. Yeah. Right? So, which is so fascinating. I was like, Oh, I didn't even get it. I was like, okay, I'm going to try. I'm going to figure this out. Yeah. I'm going to try to be my authentic self. And then I was like, Oh, uh-huh. I see. <laughs> and so you know, funny. what's it, it is. And you know, what's interesting Melody Beatty, who I feel is one of the pioneers of codependence. I mean, she, love. right. Love, love, love me some Melody Beatty. Love me some Melody B. <laughs> and she says all the time, like in her first chapter, like the word, when you're saying you're trying to do something, you're trying to control it's control. The minute you say, I'm going to try anything, you're trying to control an outcome. Oh my- God, and that's codependent. I never saw that. Oh, <laughs> I freaking love that, Kim. Yeah. Oh, so, oh, what a great noticing. Yeah. So we need to stop the trying. Okay. So now tell us, because you said in the beginning that you yeah. are a money mindset coach. And so I would love to know from your perspective, mm-hmm. how do you feel or think that when we wear a mask that it prevents us from 
manifesting money or manifesting anything in the way that we want to manifest? How do these masks slash patterns prevent us, block us from what you help people to do? Yeah, absolutely. So number one is the control factor. Mm. Absolutely. There's two ways that control messes with your manifestations. One, it's that people are not able to have patience and they set all these time-based goals. I will make a hundred thousand dollars by the end of this week. I will make a million dollars this year. They set all these time-based goals that are completely fictional. Because we don't have control over divine timing. Like that's up to the universe. Now we have permission. We have all the permission to ask for whatever it is that we want. We can say, hey, can I make a million dollars this year? But that's where it stops. So the moment that people move into, okay, how am I going to make this happen? The moment they move into trying, the moment they move into force energy, the moment they move into hustle, the moment they move into anything beyond surrender interferes with the process. Um, So they try to control the timing and that creates its own um, damaging, wounding patterns because you say you want to make $10,000 this week and then you don't. And then it reinforces all of the other narratives that say, oh, see, I don't deserve it. Oh, see, I'm not good enough. Oh, see, I can't do it. Oh, see, money doesn't love me. Money hates me. Oh, see, money is not for me. Oh, see, it's not possible for me to be successful in business or in my life. See, it's not. And it just reinforces in a wounding way, all of these old narratives. And so the whole cycle is a mess. And then, (laughs) and then on the other side, they try to force and control how the manifestation shows up. And they do that in two ways. Okay. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to do this in my business or in my thing. I'm going to do this. I'm going to follow these sets of steps. And it could be, you know, half of my clients actually um, work full-time. So, and are have, and some of them have no interest in starting a business. They just want to manifest the life of their dreams. So they're like, okay, I'm here. Um, and so they go into this, either a helplessness, I can't, I don't know how, or they go into a forcing helplessness, also a codependent pattern, right? A mask. Yes, <laughs> totally. Um, and then uh, they go into a forcing. And so it's all this control energy. And like, I've even had a client who between one session and another was like, okay, I need 25,000 in my savings to feel safe. And I was like, cool. So we did the manifestation. And then the next week she was like, the next session, she's like, oh no, it didn't come in. And I was like, oh yeah, no worries. Divine timing. We don't control it. And then towards the end of the session, she's like, yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. And so I bought this and I bought that and I bought that. And I was like, with what? And she's like, oh, well, I got a, um, I got a random tax rebate for like $26,000. And I'm like, what do you mean? it didn't come in. And she was like, oh, well, I was expecting it to come in through a bonus and I didn't get my bonus yet. And I was like, Mm, yeah. So we try to control and therefore we invalidate and minimize how these things are showing up in our life. And, um, and that completely screws with the process because it reinforces this doesn't work. Manifestation doesn't work. Right. So control, then there's the helplessness. Somebody needs to rescue me. I can't do this by myself. Someone needs to think for me. Someone needs to do these actions for me because I can't do it myself, right? So there's the helplessness, which prevents people from taking aligned action, right? There's this misunderstanding that with manifestation, you don't take action. You sit on your sofa and you just wish. 
That's not the, the way the that it works. The secret did that to us. The book, <laughs> the secret. secret. Dang <laughs> it. Dang it. The secret. So that's not how it works. So we, we intuitively check in with what actions we're supposed to take that's aligned with our path. And then we take the aligned actions that we're supposed to act. We're not supposed to sit there and eat grapes and go, oh, nothing's working. Nothing's working. Nothing's working. Like we're supposed to take action, but it's aligned action. So that's mm -hmm. where we can shift back into control. Uh, people have issues with surrender. Mm -hmm. People like me, really hard to move into surrender, right? And surrender is a key part. Trust, mm -hmm. right? The lack of trust that most people have uh, interferes with their manifestation process. Um, let's see. What are some other things? Oh, boundaries. Mm, say more boundaries about the boundaries. Are, boundaries are a big one. If you can't or won't have your own back, the universe will not step in and do the job for you. Mm. We have to manage our boundaries. We have to manage our relationships. We are required um, this is part of sovereignty and sovereignty is one of our divine lessons for humanity as a whole species to learn while we're on planet earth and boundaries are a humongous part of sovereignty. So if you do not protect your boundaries, it will absolutely mess with your manifestations because you'll be drained. You'll yeah. be so overgiving. You'll have no energy left to take the aligned actions. You'll be in lack of trust because you're trusting the wrong people. Um, you're trusting untrustworthy people because the boundaries aren't in place. And so you keep letting yourself be treated like shit mm -hmm. and then blaming because then you move back into helplessness. I can't do this. Someone has to rescue me from this. Right. So like, these are all the like dense, heavy masks that, um, that I see that interferes with manifestation. A hundred percent. And what you are talking about and describing is codependence, like all of that, the, the control, yeah. the boundaries, the lack of boundaries, mm -hmm. all of that is codependency. So we have to really yeah. recover from codependency. And yeah. at the end of the day, that's the work that I do as well with masks off is I love it. recovering from codependency and I'm a yes. recovering codependent myself. So yes, I know. Mm -hmm. I can hear it. I'm like, oh, you know, all the right things. So. I, yes. <laughs> And at the, like, end of the, know, the lingo. at the end of the day, do you, and we'll wrap it up by saying this at the end of the day, do you agree that one way or another, we're all manifesting, whether we're manifesting something negative in our life or something positive in our life, we are manifesting all the 100%. time. Hundred. Can you say a little bit more about that? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, I mean, this is, this is fun because this is one of those fun areas that we move a little bit into science where science and magic um, have a cross section. So scientifically we're putting out energy 24 seven yeah. um, and that can be measured on a scan called a spectrometer and the energy that we're putting out, <laughs> it comes in on the scan at a certain level of Hertz, right? The same as radio waves. Mm -hmm. It's a frequency. It is literally a frequency. So when people call your energy, your vibe, it's literally a vibration. It's literally a frequency because it's measured in Hertz and we magnetize to us 
whatever is on the same frequency because our energy doesn't just move out. It moves out in magnetic looping bands, right? So it kind of like the sun because um, the sun's energy moves out in looping bands. Yep. So our energy moves out in looping bands and it magnetizes to us whatever is on our frequency or vibration. And what is programming that frequency? Our unconscious mind, which is filled with our limiting beliefs. So if like when your mind is full of limiting beliefs, like there's not enough, I have to struggle, I have to work really, really hard. And then I still can't cover all my bills. Like when those are the beliefs that are in your unconscious mind, that's the energy that's been being physically sent out and looping back to your body. Um, and so that's why you're manifesting what you are manifesting. And when you can switch and, 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 and pivot some of these beliefs to be in alignment with what you are, yes, trying to create in your life, that's why you'll start to see notice it. Um, you'll start to see things happen like miracles. I just, I just this morning had a message from one of my clients and she's been struggling over the last, um, couple weeks, and she even like told me, she sent me a voice moment. She's like, I think I'm reverse manifesting. I'm manifesting backwards. Everything is turning to shit. And I laughed and I was like, no, babe, it's not possible. Mm. But there is a, but there is, um, there is a changeover. Like when you move from manifesting what you don't want to manifesting what you do want, there's a crossover. And then all of a sudden, bam. Everything that she's been asking for for over a year instantaneously materialized in one weekend. And she's like, this is crazy. And I'm like, no, that's just how it happens. Mm. When your frequency is aligned with what you're trying to manifest, like miracles happen. Literally. Yeah. Like literally. It's real fun. Super yeah. fun. Oh my God. I love that. And I'm so glad that we brought that last piece in. So Oh my God. Abby Levine, freaking amazing. So amazing. <laughs> I love that you shared that. That was awesome. So tell the listeners how yes. they can find you and where they can find you. Yeah. So we place. have, yeah, we have a lot of fun in my free group on Facebook, divine money manifesting. Okay. So I have lots of free content. Um, I have a free journal called the become a money magnet journal mm -hmm. that I can get you the link for. Yep. Um, so Facebook is a great place to follow me. That's where I'm most active. But if you're not a Facebookian, then find me on LinkedIn, which is Abby Levine three. Awesome. And I'll have all that in the show notes. And of course you yeah. can get me the link and I'll put the link for the journal in there as well. Awesome. So and I guess I would just say, like, we talked about so many things. We talked about your personal life. We talked about parenting. We talked about money mindset. If there's just like one thing to kind of encapsulize the whole podcast and one takeaway for the audience, what would you say that would be? I would say that when you take your mask off and you are your true self, when you show up as is, the people who were always meant to find you can finally see you. Mm. When you have your mask on, um, the people who are attracted to you are attracted to you with the mask, which means that they don't, they're not copacetic with the version of you that doesn't have the mask off. So be yourself, take off that mask, do whatever it takes in order to like, just show up as you. 
Mic drop. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> that was so good. I love it. Thank, so well. you. Thank you so much for being a guest on here today. Thank you for having me, Kim. It was such it was, an honor. It was so much fun. So much fun. Agreed. Ah, my goodness. Okay. Thank you everybody for tuning in to another episode of Masks Off and I will see you next week. If you enjoyed this episode of Masks Off and you're ready to take the next step to overcoming people-pleasing and perfectionistic tendencies, you can reach out to me at kimgrosscoaching.com and book a call. You can also join my free Facebook group for more inspiration and tips. The link is in the show notes. I would love it if you would subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget to share it with others. See you next Thursday on Masks Off with Kim Gross.